If there's any other disabled veterans that think they can't do it, you can. It's not going to be easy and it's going to hurt, but like they would, we used to say, you know, suck it up and press on. Don't hurt yourself, but you just got to work through that pain a little bit because it's going to hurt, you know, regardless. But I think you can tell whether your body's hurt, hurt, or you're just sore. But if you had any type of like the surgeries, back surgery, like that, just take it slow and, you know, keep at it. Hello and welcome to the Race Mob Podcast. This is episode number 25. I'm Kevin, entrepreneur, technology and fitness nerd, and the founder of Race Mob. I'm joined by master motivator, founder of Too Legit Fitness, co-chair of the Taji 100, RRCA certified coach, USA track and field certified official, the incomparable Bertrand Newsom. I am so excited to introduce you all to Samuel Pappas, a member of our very own race mob community. A few weeks ago, I asked the community, what are you struggling with? And Sam replied, trying to balance my newly found love for running with making sure that I don't aggravate my double hip replacement surgery. I was like, what? Through our email exchange, it was clear that Samuel was an absolute inspiration. So we quickly jumped online to chat and you're gonna love this conversation. We talk about Sam's background, about the story of a retired Air Force veteran who is living a sedentary lifestyle. Sam had ballooned up to 260 pounds on his five foot five inch frame. After his second hip replacement surgery, Samuel had to decide whether he was gonna go back to that sedentary lifestyle or he was gonna make a change. Thankfully for all of us, he decided to make that change. And honestly, it probably sounded small to the rest of us. But bear in mind, when Samuel decided to start walking on that treadmill, he had to use both his arms to support him. Now you fast forward two years and Samuel says walking and then eventually running has given him his mobility back. Now he's down to 140 pounds and able to run 10 miles even in that Florida heat. People might mistake him for a different person altogether. This episode is brought to you by Race Mob, an inclusive community for endurance athletes. If you like our podcast, you'll love our YouTube channel, where we keep you up to date with news from the running world and give you tips that will help you improve your running. Check us out by searching Race Mob on YouTube and subscribe today. We hope that you enjoy this incredible conversation with one of our own, Mr. Samuel Pappas. We've got Samuel here. Thank you so much, Samuel, for jumping in and, and chatting with us today. You kind of answered the call on the email when I asked, what are people struggling with? What are the things that people are struggling with? And you reached out and you told me that you've had a double hip replacement surgery. Is that right? Yes, I've had both hips replaced. Wow. And then you told us that you have a story to tell and gave us a little bit, a little nugget of it, how running has helped your life, helped improve your life. Tell us a little bit about running, <laughs> how you got into running. I retired from the Air Force in uh, 1998. I was security forces. I was disabled and I got up to about uh, 269 pounds. I'm only, I'm barely five, five or five, six. And I moved to Florida and got remarried. And I had my first hip, re my right hip replaced in April of 2017. And I had my left hip replaced in uh, January of 2018. And that April, I started going to the gym and I was just initially starting on the treadmill. And I did that for quite a while up until the pandemic hit. And then they closed the base gym. So I had no choice but to kind of start doing things on my own. And the gym is still closed for uh, 
retirees and, and everybody else. It's just I can do the only. But I just started running around here and I'm doing my short distance is probably about six and a half miles. And once a week, usually on Mondays, I run between nine and 15 miles. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. But it has definitely, it's a weight. I'm down to about 147 and I've maintained this weight for about nine months now. And, you know, just constantly doing that, at least doing at least, a, like I said, the six and a half miles, you know, five days a week. I usually take two days off a week. Talk to us about how you got into it. How did you get into running? So you said you were in the 260 pound range? Yeah, 269 was my highest. And had you been at that weight for a while? I was at that weight for probably about seven years. After I had my hip replacement, I was just like, you know, I, I was really tired of it. And it was quite a while at the gym with the treadmill and slowly increasing. And then when the pandemic hit in March and I closed everything in down, I just started hitting the street and started doing that slowly. And it slowly worked up to what I'm doing right now. So I guess when was it that you started jumping on the treadmill? That would have been April of 2018 is when I started on the treadmill. And what was it that made you say treadmill? I was really sketchy because I was worried about, you know, injuring myself, my hips and whatnot. So I was just taking it really slow and I was using the handrails as support and I just slowly built up strength and my endurance went up. Did you start time-based? I started off with about 20 minutes at a walk and then I slowly started, you know, doing an incline and I started going a little faster. And then I started uh, doing the unsupported for about two or three months without holding on to handrails. And then, uh, like I said, when the pandemic hit, I was just like, I got nothing else. You know, I don't have a treadmill at my house. So I just started running on the street. What was the transition from walking to running? When did that happen? And do you have any recommendations for people that have had hip injuries, hip replacement surgery? From my experience, I would just have to say, you got to take it slow and you just got to keep at it. You just make sure you got to do it. You know, you don't, you don't slack off or take off. I, that's my personal opinion. You don't take it, you know, too much time off. And it has to be a constant thing that you, you have to stick to it. And a lot of it to me is a mental challenge because you have to go over that and you got to fight through the pain because you're going to have pain, you know, almost 56. So you're going to have aches and pains. But and uh, watching some of your stuff and learning about my form, cadence, foot strike, all that kind of stuff, my shoulder movements, all that kind of stuff and how it all syncs together. You know, having the RunKeeper app that I have and that kind of stuff, it's just been fantastic. On your remarkable fitness journey here over the last two plus years, what did you see first? Did you see your cardio endurance improve or the scale weight be reduced? I mean, because, you know, Kevin and I were very curious in the, in the sense of we know that physical activity, working out does promote weight loss, but also diet plays a role in there as well. So share with us if you could. But which did you see first? Did you see your, your cardio endurance build? As you said, you were using the, the handrails and gradually got off of them. Or did you see this, the scale weight? Which, you know, where did you start to see the, the results that you could quantify? I would say the weight loss. And then you know, the cardio was, was kicking in. The weight loss was probably the first thing I started seeing. And that's, that's a motivating factor right there to have, you know, start losing weight and you know, being able to buy smaller pants and stuff like that. You just want to keep at it. Was that like your initial goal was the weight? My initial goal was just to lose weight and get off a lot of the uh, medications that I was on through the, the VA and stuff like that, which I have. I've gotten a lot of, a lot of my medications as far as blood pressure meds are gone, uh, cholesterol meds are gone. Because I went from having to go once a month for my, you know, have my, my labs checked to now it's every six months. So they've kind of said, you know, you're good to go. Clean bill of health type stuff. And, Fantastic. and that's worth it right there. Talk to us about what life was like before, you know, before the weight loss journey, kind of if you could paint a picture about, you know, what has changed 
you know, what was life like before and what's life like now, you know? I, I retired out of Malmstrom out of, out of Montana. And for many years, I just didn't leave the house, you know, and this, the physical aspects of having to move around and stuff like that. It was, I kind of had given up for quite a while. For many years, I had just given up. And uh, when you're not doing much, just getting up and watching TV and not doing anything, that's not a good thing. And then when I uh, came down to Florida and had my surgeries and whatnot, I kind of reverted the way what I, I, where I used to be in the military. And I kind of fell back to that person who I was, just kind of giving up on things, which I did for quite a while. You just kind of give up and you don't want to really do anything. And that's where I was for many years. Hearing you speak that out loud, the changes, one, you relocated to a new state. You had significant surgery, not on one hip, but on both hips. Those changes alone don't cause some people the switch to flip psychologically. And where was it for you above, you know, change of scenery, but psychologically, and you said you reverted back to some of your previous military time and, and mindset. A lot of my medical stuff, but some of the uh, issues, the PTSD issues I had, I don't really want to say too much, but you get stuck in the mindset that you're broken. And even though you talk to other groups and stuff like that, you meet weekly. I just, I quit doing that. I quit. And I'm not saying not to support this stuff, but I had to get away from that and kind of find out who I was again, instead of going back to that time, but okay, this happened and this rehashing things. And it's really depressing. So I quit doing all that stuff when I got here. I did, I did it when I first got here, then I quit that. And the running that I'm doing right now, it's just renewed me psychologically big time and it's renewed me physically. It's just incredible the way I feel anymore. And, you know, I'm able to get up at you know, 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning and go run for an hour and a half or so and get back and do my volunteer work and, and stuff like that. And I got energy all the time. And that's just amazing to me. Not have to take naps or like that and just, just have that energy and constantly be able to do stuff. I cannot stop smiling then. Well, the running is, I tell you what, it, it's so refreshing. And it's a good habit to have, I guess. That's the way I look at it. And I, I, you know, I tell you, I do it five days a week. And then I do uh, all my body weight stuff at the house. So I don't even you know, have to go to the gym anymore and just take care of everything here. Do you have maybe some accountability buddies, uh, workout partners, people that you may walk or run or with or you may follow? No, nope. I, I see a couple people in the morning when I, when I run in the neighborhood here. And, you know, basically I'm, I'm the only one because it's an older, it's kind of a retiree area of the Air Force Base out here where I live. And yeah, a lot of older people and they see me running. There's a couple of people that are walking in the morning and we just exchange hellos. But I don't have any partners or anything like that. No, I don't. It's just me. Me and my music. And that's about it. Just to let you know, I mean, your story is profound. And you do have a community out there that you belong to. You, you belong to the running community. Right. I, yeah, I do. I do. I just haven't found any around here that, that you know, can run with me. Kind of do, I have been doing it myself the whole time. But I do. I have the, the race mob. And I do look at all that the, uh, stuff that I get from you guys. Have you run any races over time? I have not. They cancel a lot of them around here. Like they had, they've canceled them because of the, because of stuff like that. So, I mean, I'd love to, I wouldn't win, but my most important thing is actually finishing. That's my important thing. Yeah. We just had uh, Bob Anderson on who founded runner's world. And he was talking about how running without racing is kind of like writing a book, but not publishing it. And I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I know I haven't done a race in a little bit of time just because of the pandemic and everything like that. But it was one of the first reasons that made me fall in love with running in general was, you know, I love running with my dog and, and going out there every day. But then 
going out and being able to meet other people and hear other stories and figure out where they're coming from. And, you know, we all have these incredible stories about how physical activity, how running has changed our life, has improved it over time. And so, yeah, I was curious, you know, I didn't know if that's something you're looking to do when the pandemic, you know, kind of finally subsides. I would love to, if it was, it was, if it was, yeah, after the pandemic, so I would love to start it. I would, I'd love to find some. But the, all the ones in this area at Fort Walton area, they've all been canceled. They have that virtual run stuff, though, but yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts in Florida do you live? Uh, the Fort Walton area. So in, in relation to Orlando or South Florida, Tampa area? Oh, no, we're area. in northwest, northwest Florida, uh, Destin area, the Gulf of Mexico, okay. the Fort Walton Beach, Fort Walton Beach area. Yeah, I was in Florida earlier in the week. I was in the Tampa area. I was in Pompano, I was in Fort Lauderdale, I was in uh, Naples, Clearwater. Were you what, visiting or running or what? I uh, did a little bit of running with one of my best friends and I helped a friend move. But I will be back out in Florida in February most likely because that same friend is going to be running a half marathon, I believe in the Sarasota area. So I know that there are races okay. that are happening in the state of Florida and I'm happy to share and there might be an opportunity to, you know, meet at a socially distanced race that is um, well thought out. You know, I have run a couple of races this year where there's a staggered start. And if you want to put some of that hard work to the test in a race at some point in, your, in the sun, great sunshine state, let's see what we can make happen. <laughs> no, that would be fantastic. I, that would be great because I, I have not run in a race at all. I'd be, it'd be interesting for me. I'd really enjoy it. And you're not too far from the Peach State in, in Georgia. Yeah, I just got word today via email that they are going to host the 2021 Publix Atlanta Marathon, the 27th and 28th. It's not going to be held in uh, downtown Atlanta like it was this year, which is a very hilly course. It's going to be held at the Atlanta Speedway, which is at a suburb, and they're going to be using part of the track and some of the tributary portions of the facility to facilitate a 5K half marathon and marathon race in late February. So again, there's some, some opportunity now that we can talk more about that, but yeah, keep putting in the great work, man. And as Kevin touched on kind of what you were doing before and kind of where you're at now, why don't you shape that up for us regarding your diet? How was your diet before surgery, before moving to Florida? And how is your diet now? Before it was beer and hot wings. It's still <laughs> beer and hot wings yeah. once in a while. But as far as like my breakfast and stuff like that, it's oat and I take a whole bunch of different supplements, mainly through, I don't want to say anybody's company's name, but it's through GNC. I get a lot of supplements from them. And uh, some of the stuff is working pretty good. Like some of the pre-workout stuff I do, I take about an hour before I run. It's, it's helping. It's been helping quite a bit. But I do watch what I eat big time. I stay away from any of the white stuff as far as like breads or rice. You know, it's kind of the brown that kind of stuff. No bread, like I said. Sodas, very rarely. A lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. I do a lot of my own cooking. I cook for my wife too. I love just grilling the peppers and onions and stuff like that. So I make a lot of that stuff. And I use a lot of chicken, you know, just the breast meat without skin. So yeah, I've, I've cut it down as far as no junk, no chips or anything like that. Was this all like an all at once type of thing? Or was this gradually over time? When I did it, I did it. I can't do that gradual. I'm one of those in all or nothing kind of people. So when I started, I started. Are you enjoying the show? 
Help us out by sharing the podcast. You can win some cool prizes like headbands, wristbands, training programs, shout outs, and more. Especially if you're part of an existing running group, online community, or have friends that you think will enjoy the show. Get your personal referral link at racemob.com slash referral. What made you decide on this type of diet? What made you decide on the, I think they call it the slow carb diet, right? The no, no white bread, no white carb. Probably Tim Ferriss kind of championed this type of diet. Or, you know, a lot of people use either the Whole30 or, or something kind of similar, but it's like the no white carbs, no rice, no white breads, no pastas, only the slow carb type of, type of deal. Was there, was there something that you had read that made you gravitate towards that type of diet or was there? It's just the research I was looking online when I was getting ready to, you know, make up a mind to go, go ahead and make a life change. And, you know, just uh, the research I did and just uh, like uh, a lot of like the progresso light soups and stuff like that. So the low calorie, low carb, the light stuff. So yeah, I've been doing that for quite a while. Was it literally like right after surgery that you decided to make this change or was it like something that? About three months after I had my, my last hip, my, my left hip replaced. And I tell you what, when that weight come off my back and I still have back problems and I still have to get the RFAs about every six months, but. The amount of pain that's off my, my hip, my back, and stuff like that, it, it's incredible. Dropping that weight, how much better you just feel physically. And a lot of the pain is gone from just from the losing the weight. You know, the knees aren't bothering them anymore and stuff like that. So dropping the weight has been a big help, you know, as far as the way my joints feel. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, a, what, 120 pounds, 130 pounds almost? Yeah, 48-inch waist. Wow, on a five-foot, six inch body. I mean, that Not is... Not even five, six. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad for a while. Have you had some people who maybe hadn't seen you in two years, kind of in, uh, before and after, maybe didn't recognize you as much? Because your, your transformation has been fantastic. Actually, I mean, here, I mean, besides, because uh, I, I really don't, don't do any social media, any Facebook, but my wife does, and she's posted pictures, and that's a lot of people like, you know, who's that guy? He said, well, that's Sam. Well, he's, he's changed a lot. He looks really good. <laughs> But, you know, you know, after I had my last hip, I think I got back up to like 218 at one before I started everything again, because I had to lose a, a little bit of weight before I had hip surgery. So that was one of the things they wanted me to do. So I did. But I kind of went back up in the weight uh, a couple months after I had the surgery and then it came back off. And I can't say I'll never put it back on. I don't want to. But, you know, you just never know sometimes. But if I keep going what I'm doing, I'm not going to worry about because I'm down to 147 now, 144, 147. I want to get back into the transition between walking and running again, because I know there's a lot of people definitely within our circle that, you know, they're on walking programs. They like being on walking programs, but they never thought about actually kicking that up into a running program or getting into, you know, a walk run or doing anything. So I guess what was that transition like, or was your goal always to be able to run? I know a lot of people probably who have had hip surgery are a little bit more afraid to put impact on their body. So talk to us about that transition and, you know, when you thought it was okay, was it hurting to begin with? I guess just that whole scenario around transitioning into running. Well, what I was doing when I was going into the gym on a treadmill is I would, I was steadily increasing, you know, a very fast walk. And then I started raising the incline and I was doing it for, you know, quite a while on, on that. And then when, like I said, when the gym shut down, I I'm going to just go and see how it feels. So this was actually just during the pandemic that you transitioned to running. I started running in March and I got the RunKeeper app on April 13th and started tracking that day. Give us an idea of like, what was pace like? I'm sure you're kind of keeping it, you know, consistent. 
what type of pace were we talking about when we started? Has that changed at all during the pandemic? Oh, well, my pace has gotten better, but it really depends on temperature, humidity, and everything like that. I've really noticed the, the cooler, like it has been here until yesterday, I about kicked my butt because it was 74 degrees at 3.30 in the 4 o'clock in the morning and the humidity <laughs> was like 98%. So that really affects my run. But the pace, I initially started off on, on, on a walk and I got I was about 14-minute mile on a walk. Steadily increased that, That's started getting one. 11, 10. Wow. And then with my, my best time on my run uh, was last week for my uh, seven, seven and a half mile was uh, eight minute, 48 second pace. Wow. <laughs> That's my best. When I push it to, you know, when I go up to 14 miles, then it's, you know, not that good. It's around 10 minute mile. Fantastic. That's still incredible. That is, that is fantastic. <laughs> you know what? I've showed a couple of people my, my time. They're like, you know, that's really good for an old guy. I said, I, I don't know because I really don't want anything to compare it to. I mean, I've well, done some uh, stuff online and seeing, you know, see the pace for somebody at my age. You know, I'm pretty happy and I'd be more than happy to send you uh, if I can. I don't know, all the run keeper stuff, my times and distances and stuff. I'd be more than happy to send you guys that stuff. You said that you also do some strength training or some other body weight workouts and stuff. Yep. Sit ups and push ups. Yes. I do those every other day. It's fantastic. Has that always been part of your routine or when did you start incorporating? I've been doing that for, for a while, you know, especially getting the core strength going. To me, I mean, that's made a world of difference. It's incredible what, you know, the core is just, it's awesome just having that strength. But, it, you know, it, again, it's a slow process to work up to. And I know I've, you've probably heard this before, but you just can't jump into it and start doing it. You know, you just can't get down and do 100 sit-ups. It's something you're going to have to gradually work up to like anything else. Take us back what your athletic history, you know, Samuel, you know, getting into the military, you know, through high school, things along this. Take us through, you know, what you, you know, if there's sports you played and then maybe where life, life took over, career took over. I really didn't do that much. I did very, very little. I did a little bit of boxing in, uh, in high school it was for the city. But as far as sports and like that, I, I just, I didn't play any sports. But in my career field, it was a very physical career field in the military. I don't know if you guys know anything about security forces, but, you know, having to wear the body armor every day and the ammo and the weapon and, and that kind of stuff. So you're just held to a different standard, I guess, for when you do a certain job. And that's, you know, what I did in the military. And in your opinion, what do you think caused your, you, you to the point where you needed to have the surgeries that you did? That's a long story, but it's related to my military career. But I, yeah, that's, that's a long story. Right? Look and see where you are at right now. I mean... And many people have, have had a tough 2020. Your story is inspiring. You have, have taken the adversity of life and turned it upside down and catapulted, even in, when the pandemic hit, when your gym was closed off and you had to pivot and got outside and found a new way to keep moving forward and pushing yourself, being inspired. Yes, yeah, really, really good stuff. Well, I hate to say it, but the pandemic was probably a good thing to happen for me as far as what I'm doing now. I hate to say that, but it was. It's kind of forced me to go on my own and take, do my own stuff. Not having to go to the gym and, you know, use their equipment. I just do everything in my house and I got the state of Florida running. So I don't have to worry about going to a gym. And we talk about equipment. I mean, being in the gym is one thing. How has your personal equipment changed since you're now running on the road? I mean, attire, shoes that you did, did you end up getting different types of shoes? Oh, I go through a lot of shoes. Yes, I go through a lot of shoes. I get a lot of the ASICs. That's the one I'm running with right now. That's what I've actually, that's the whole time I've been running with ASICs because they're pretty cheap on base. I was going to ask, was that a personal choice? 
because just the look and feel, or is that something maybe you've gone to a running store and got professionally like a running evaluation and, and fitted for a particular shoe that stuck with you? I haven't had one. I've gone to one of their outlet stores and that person I don't think was very knowledgeable. So I just, I go to the, the basic change and I get the, the shoes there. I haven't had anything professionally done as far as, you know, shoes or what my running profile is or anything like that. So I'm not even sure. I just know, I, you know, by watching your stuff and, and reading the stuff from, from the race mom stuff as far as form goes, it has taught me a lot. The foot strike especially is it's eased up the pain on my hips and stuff, you know, proper foot strike for me and stuff like that and transition from a walk to a run. That that really amazed me that you know, and going uphill and downhill, it's the different uh, dynamics of how your foot hits, you know, uphill and downhill. It's really amazing. And I was having a lot of a ton of shoulder pain and then I, I watched some of your or I looked at some of your information. I was like, I'm not moving my shoulders right and I started doing them correctly and it, they didn't they didn't hurt anymore. Especially after about ten miles. It was causing a lot of shoulder pain on both my shoulders, but it was I wasn't doing them right. And then I kind of got the mechanics of the body flowing, you know, from head to toe. And so how did Race Mob get on your radar? It was through the Runkeeper app. It led me to uh, to you guys. That's how I found out about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> how we got into yeah, the Runkeeper yeah. app, but that's great. Yeah, I mean, I w- it popped up with some information. I hit it, and it, it led me to you guys. Wow, incredible. And I'm very thankful for that. I tell you what, the information that you guys put out is fantastic. And it's, like I said, it, it helped me out immensely. And, you know, if there's any other disabled veterans that think they can't do it, you can. It's not going to be easy and it's going to hurt. But like they we used to say, you know, suck it up and press on. Don't hurt yourself, but you just got to work through that pain a little bit because it's going to hurt, you know, regardless. But I think you can tell whether your body's hurt, hurt, or you're just sore. But if you had any type of like the surgeries, back surgery, like that, just take it slow and, you know, keep at it. Just don't give up if it hurts. You got to go through it. That's my philosophy. And it's, it's worked out for me. But like I said, just, you know, take it slow, especially if you guys are my age or, you know, have gone through any type of injuries or something like that. You know, just take it slow. Again, thank you for your service. Would Kevin ask our listener base, you know, our Race Mob family to share your feedback and to share your story? That took a lot for you to share with us, Samuel. And by you doing so, it is going to help somebody else. It probably has already and certainly will. We thank you for that. And anything that we can do to help support your fitness journey, that's tips, you know, things that we've learned you know, over the years from other people in the fitness community, as we have other professionals that are coming in and, and sharing from a diet perspective, running form analysis, the mental mindset, all those things play a role. But what I see and hear from you is you made a choice. You said enough is enough. You committed. And then everything else kind of transformed from that point. And there's really no shortcuts. You still got to put one foot in front of the other. You have to make the decision each day to get out and put in the work if you want to see change and navigate through. Sometimes there's going to be some soreness. There's going to be some pain. Oh, yeah, there is. And, you know, it's up in here, too. There's some days that I don't, I don't want to do this, but, you know, you got to go out and make yourself do it. You got to push through it. Because there's been many a days where I'm just like, you know, I don't want to do this today or whatever. And uh, it's not so much physical, it's mental sometimes. You just don't want to do it. For me, after the first mile, I'm good. That first mile for me sometimes is tough. But after that, you just, I don't know if you want to call it the runner's high, but you just get it and you just, you're gone. There's some days you want to keep going and there's other days you want to quit. Self-supported. I mean, you know, there are some people in our fitness community, in the race mile community that have like-minded individuals that they're able to go and socially distance, but still get in a, a workout of some sort 
or maybe you have a friendly challenge with somebody and it keeps you motivated and keeps you focused and driven, but you have all that kind of self-contained, you know, where you say, okay, you know, five days a week, I'm going to get in some work. And you know, your long day, if you're taking some, taking days off, because sometimes too much, you know, um, you can have some diminishing returns, but you found that very good balance where diet is still very important, but still, you know, putting in the work. And I mean, 140 plus pounds, you know, down from the 260s and running sub 10 minute miles, sub nine minute miles and coming off your best sub nine minute effort man, just trending in a fantastic direction. Proud of you, man. Yeah, I'm getting happy. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Well, thank you very much. And like we got some cooler weather coming uh, starting Sunday. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. My best temperature is in the 40s. We got to get got to get the head man to work with that humidity, <laughs> you know, to get the humidity. Yeah. yeah. Soak up that all that sweat. Yeah, I was going to ask for your uh, address. I'll make sure to ship out some stuff. We've got some visors and other stuff coming in December as well, so I'll I'll send you over some stuff. All I need is your address. That would be happy great. To, happy to ship absolutely. it out there. Yeah. Absolutely. What you're doing is just incredible and we want to make sure that we tell the story and I think your story is just going to help so many people because I think there's so many people that have been in your shoes, have, you know, have gone off the path or gone off track a little bit and just need a little course correction and just need a little change and just need a little motivation and somebody to tell them, yeah, take it slow, take it easy, one step in front of the other. Let's get going and you can make big changes over time. And it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to start. It's not. I never thought it, you know, 55 plus that I would be doing anything like this. I never thought it would, was possible. Not with, with my surgeries and stuff. I thought it would not, would never happen. But it's definitely possible. Sam, your, your story resonates with Kevin and I and, and everybody else that, that is listening. But in, with myself in particular, my father served 23 years in the Army. And uh, he lost part of his hearing due to his military service. I had a second career in the, as a police officer. But he also had two hip replacements as well. Oh, did he? He did. He did. And I cannot complain about a dang thing, man. I cannot. Because to see how tough he was, got off the pain meds quick. He's like, no, I can, I can, mm-hmm. and toughed it out. And where well, the doctor said, you know, do you really want to go through this surgery again on the other side? And he's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And to see him go from cane, you know, from wheelchair for a bit to cane, then to back walking, right. then a kind of speed walk. I mean, yeah, man, I have all the respect for, for you. It, it really hits me in the heart in a good way, you know. Does he run? He moves quick. He, he moves quick. Down with me, we can hang out. Yeah, a couple of retired guys with him. Yeah, he's not running sub <laughs> sub uh, sub ten minute miles though, man. You got him beat. I guess now, like I said, I show a couple of my friends. They're like, you know, that's that's pretty good. I said, it is. I really don't know that much as, as far as that goes, but as far because I I don't have anybody to to run with or like I said, it's just I'm I'm racing against myself every day and just you know checking my times. And there are some events that are on the horizon that are virtual events. So you may not have to physically live in the area, but you can still participate and log your mileage, GPS, and then see how you stack up against other like-minded individuals. My app, it sends those to me, but I, I'm not really sure how to do that as far as the, you know, it says virtual race, but I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know that we'll probably be looking at to doing some accountability thing here in either December or January. So we'll definitely let you know if, if that's something that interests you. Probably. Absolutely. I mean, you know, those are things that we're just going to do. Let's try to try to put some goals out there and hold each other accountable and kind of 
build this virtual community. The other big thing that's on the horizon is the Taji 100, which is a big virtual event in February. That's 100 miles in the month of February. So that's something that interests you of doing something virtual. That's something that Bertrand is a co-chairman of that has had a lot of success over the years getting people up and out the door. But those are kind of things on the horizon, things that if you're looking for something virtual to post and compare yourself with others, those are some of the things potentially on the horizon. And then, like Bertrand said, races hopefully are going to come back. You know, there's been some decent vaccine news over the past. And so we're hoping that probably by Q3, Q4, it'll be back to what we call semi-normal of next year. So there are probably some, some great opportunities for races. And if there's like a distance that you are interested in pursuing or going after, or there's, you know, something that you're interested, always happy to, to help you set those goals, help you with the training along the way and help you in any way that we possibly can. Just feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you're excited about, what you're training for. Reach out to us with pictures or we'll try to follow you on RunKeeper as well and, and just hear your story, keep up with your story and keep in contact with you because this is so oh, fantastic. Thank you guys so much. And like I said, this entire journey of running like that, it has given me everything back. Actually, it's given more than I've ever had before. Well, it's, this it's is just the start, just the start of the journey. So we can't wait to continue learning about your journey and keep in contact with you. So I'm going to ship you over a care package here in the middle of December. So that sounds great, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sounds good, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time. This has been fantastic, man. Fantastic. Thank you. It was great to you guys. When you come to Florida next time, I'll, I'll get, get my address from Kevin and come on by. Now remember, this, this conversation is being recorded. Conversation is <laughs> being recorded. That's fine. Can't back right? out of it I now. Didn't, I didn't say everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, we'll be running together at some point. That sounds great. Take care now. You take care. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Race Mob Podcast. Check out all of the show notes or find a running buddy online at racemob.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. Until next time, keep on moving. <laughs>